my name is Tara, and I'm always searching for the connection between all kinds of people. Given the current landscape, we often feel divided amongst each other. It is inspiring to find the commonality amongst each other. For my next guest, she has truly motivated me to really take time to stop and smell the roses and has made me become more self-aware of my emotions and those around me, which has helped me tremendously both personally and professionally. For today's episode, we will be doing a deep dive into the art and science of being mindful with a wonderful coworker and true mentor of mine. Please give a warm welcome to my next guest, Sue Heiser. Thanks for joining me today, Sue. Harry, you were so sweet. I didn't know you were going to say those nice things about me. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. You're so sweet, too. I feel like I could go on and on about how sweet you are and truly how much of a mentor you are for me. But for time's sake, we can definitely side that for another conversation at another time. <laughs> no, it really is truly a blessing and an honor to talk to you. Um, I, I feel like with you and with most other associates I know and get to work with, I've only scratched the surface, so I'm very excited to do a deep dive and really get to know you and see how these factors in life, both personally and professionally, have shaped you into who you are and where you got to in life. So let's go ahead and get started then. So that sounds great. Perfect. So real quick, share with the audience then, what is your specific title? What department do you work in for Ohio Health? So I'm within learning, which is in the talent management area. Um, I, I call myself the program director for associate development. So it's all the non-clinical stuff. As we look at these uh, competencies and things that we we're going to be doing, it's really that focus on the professional side of that development. The, the official title would be considered an advisor within this. So it's, I'm, I'm a self-help junkie. And I get to play <laughs> in how to help people be the best they can be. So I just play all day. See, I love that though. And I like that's your like unofficial title, but I feel like that's actually the best way to describe it than what your official title is at Ohio Health. And I like the idea that you get to play with that idea all the time. So I definitely want to explore that more then. So kind of within that same realm as well, share with the audience then more about your career journey. Like how did you get to your position at Ohio Health or where did you work at previously? Just take us on a nice little journey if you don't mind. Just about how you ended up where you're at now. All right, so um, I've worked in a lot of different areas. I've done sales, marketing, consulting, HR, executive recruiting. Um, So I've done a lot of those different things. Had worked within an IT company that had done a bunch of downsizing. So all those high potentials that I had uh, brought along with the dot-com to dot-bomb, we laid all of them off. And I became one of those people that was laid off also. And in the time before I started here, I did two things. I read about 40 books. I went to Spain. And in the course of reading all those books and going to Spain, one great question came out from Albert Einstein. And a reporter had asked him, what question do you want the answer to? And this was such a great question. Einstein said, I want to know if the universe is friendly or not. And I remember rocking back in my chair and thinking, it's such a great question because as a result of downsizings and all those other things, I kind of felt that the universe was kind of a, not a very nice place. But my true self said, I didn't believe that. And I wanted to be in the space where I felt that the universe was a friendly place that was connected 
And I wanted to start living more from my values from that positive side than that negative side. So that moment changed what I started looking for in the way of a type of job. But the Spain thing was important too, because we had just been to Italy in November and we decided, heck, I'm between jobs, need to go to Spain, let's go to Spain. So in the course of my interview, somebody said, so what have you been doing with your, with your time? The VP did. And I told her, I said, oh, you know, I went to Spain and I did this and I did this. And a few months after I started, she said that was the big reason she hired me. She wanted to work with somebody that when they had free time, they went off and traveled. And that was probably the main difference between me and the other candidate. Man, that's crazy. Good points there as well with your journey and that Unfortunately, you were laid off in that circumstance, but you really used that time wisely then to do a lot of self-discovery. It sounds like when you were traveling to Spain, um, reading those 40 books as well, holy crap, I got to commend you on that. I feel like I would struggle to read that many books within a short time frame. <laughs> it, was, it was a wonderful gift of constantly just going to the library, getting another book. And like I said, I'm a self-help junkie. So I just kept diving in further and further looking at what are my values? What are my goals? So that when I went, when I came in to talk about leadership development, I said, I'm looking for an organization that lives their values and their goals. And I want to help leaders do the same thing to help make them be successful and the organization be successful. So those are the two things that I walked in with and said, um, travel and this, and that's what I wanted to be about. And that's what brought me to this organization. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that as well. Sounds like two profound life moments or just two fork in the road situations of how you use your time wisely and how you really harness that um, to get where you are today as well. So that's very inspiring. So thank you for sharing that with the audience as well, especially during COVID-19, the pandemic, unfortunately, with a lot of people being laid off right now. I'm hopeful that they're using this time wisely just to reevaluate a lot of things professionally and personally and just can really harness that time to either learn a new skill, um, look at a different job, very profound to what we're going through right now. Well, and it's, we've talked about um, kind of pandemic brains. You know, a lot of people have said they just don't have that ability to focus and to weave things together like they normally would. And us giving us ourselves some grace of realizing that this is a challenging time. You yes. know, um, I tell my friends and even people that I coach, we all don't deal with a full deck on a regular basis, but the deck is definitely less than operating at the time of a pandemic. So we have to give ourselves some grace, forgive ourselves a little bit, and realize that with everything that's going on, sometimes just getting quiet and just recognizing that there's a disturbance going on within ourselves as well as outside of ourselves is an okay thing to do. Yes. Um, this has been a trying time to make sure that I'm very patient with myself and give myself grace. Some days are going to be really good. And I'm really productive, but I, along with other people also got to realize there's going to be days where we're not so productive or don't feel like doing anything. There's nothing wrong with that at all whatsoever. It's up to that person to determine what, they do within that time and how resourceful they become because each person is going to be very different in handling this pandemic for sure. So that's a very good point you bring up there. And I talked to a coach one time and she made a great comment because um, I do like to do writing and I, you know, we've talked before that I've done a couple of books that I've self-published and I was kind of being tough on myself about not writing as much as I should have. And um, she made a great comment that 
even when we're not being productive, we there's things going on behind the scenes that are making things happen. So that intentional piece is a really important thing to have out there to say, this is the intention that you have, but sometimes you have to step back from it to allow other things to occur behind the scenes. Yeah. But that the intention piece is a really important piece, but sometimes just letting go for a moment allows other things to happen and to come forward. That's beautiful. And honestly, that's like the perfect segue into my next question I have for you then. So something I know that you're very passionate about or is a very big component for you personally and professionally is being mindful. So how did you really come about that and start implementing that into your life personally and professionally then? I'm just more curious about that. So I'm a New Year's resolution weirdo. I have a special journal, two special journals that are just for New Year's resolutions. And I always focus on it from the point of emotional, spiritual, physical, mental, ESPM. But I sat down one year and looked back over 20 years. And this was 2018. And I said, I really want to focus on the spiritual component in a way that I never had before. And I just set that intention out there. And within five weeks of that January timeframe, a Deepak Chopra conference came up. Now Deepak Chopra has written 80 books, spiritual individual, very much focused on consciousness and everything. Because of paying my own money to attend that conference, you had to take a meditation, online meditation class, which I was like, well, how hard can that be? I mean, you just click, click. It was much more. So the three to four months leading up to the conference, um, I started in July and the conference wasn't until October. Um, You had to take the class and you had to learn how to do meditation to the point that you would be meditating for 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes at night. Whoa. Yeah, that's what I said. Because I'm like, okay, I can't even do this for five minutes. And they think I'm going to get to 30 minutes before and 30 minutes in the afternoon. Right. The first time I ever did meditation on my own, I was like, okay, is it time yet? I was like a little kid with piano lessons. I mean, it was, so I did this. And the reason I did it, because I'm so cheap. And if I'm going to spend my money, I'm going to get everything I can out of whatever session I'm going to go to. So that by the time I went to that, I was meditating for 30 minutes in the morning and trying to get to the 30 minutes. For the most part, I was by the afternoon. And that was just a catalyst that just kept building momentum. Getting quiet allows you to disengage from the ego mind that will drive you and can drive you to be very successful, by the way. Mm-hmm. But it will drive you to a point that you can be unsuccessful and then you don't even realize why you're derailed. That started a lot of things going for me. Okay. So um, first it started with the meditation, going to the class, the, and it was in Sedona, Arizona. Sedona is made to waken you. Sedona has vortexes, supposedly all these different things. It's incredible. But then I also had one of our colleagues walk into my office and say, you need to do this three-day retreat. So I come back from that. She walks in. She says, you need to do this three-day retreat. You need to go do this retreat. So I go to a three, another three-day retreat, another incredible experience. And it just keeps telling me more and more that getting quiet and being mindful makes a difference. So then I start doing it with the emerging leader classes, which I'd already been doing it with a lot of other classes. But sure. the emerging leader classes were even more. I had people coming up to me and telling me, this is changing my life. 
I'm off medication that I used to be on. I'm sleeping better. So I was having experiences, but then all these people were coming back to me and telling me how it was changing their lives. That really is incredible. And to think that it all started by going to a conference and you had that intention of, hey, I'm paying to go to this conference. I'm trying to squeeze every single penny I can out of this experience to make sure that I did spend my money wisely. And to think that started a chain reaction from having that thought and going to that conference to going to another retreat and continuing on with that and now presenting that in the Emerging Leader Program and plenty of other programs as well. So that's that's very profound and very impacting to think that it all started at that essentially that one conference and where it's led you as well. And even go back further. So it even starts with the New Year's resolution. Right. Instead of me doing my normal things that I would do about try to write more, get better shape, do that kind of stuff, I bumped it up to another level and said I want to do spiritual. So a few weeks ago, because of the pandemic, Deepak Chopra had to cancel one of his retreats and he had to convert it to online. Wow. So instead of having 200 people, he had about 2,000 people, I think, attend it. And I attended it. And that was one of the comments he made. Is he said, always bump up to the highest level that you can, spiritually, in a way. So the more you focus from there, and that's what I had done two years ago, the more momentum you'll have going forward. It was just really fascinating to see that something that I had done, that later I realized that's why it had made the difference. So just really interesting stuff. Wow. That's just great advice there as well. You have to kind of be a social scientist on yourself. That's a very good point too. It's almost like you're the person conducting the experiment and you're being the guinea pig and trying to figure out what level you're at too. Um, I know I've been trying to at least meditate a few minutes a day and it's like the first step is always the hardest thing to do. And it, it can be really tough as you shared as well. When you were saying, hey, they want me to... Th- meditate 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes in the afternoon. What the heck? That's not even possible. But if you put your mind to it and just get in the right mindset, that'll definitely help you as well. So some days I do meditate, but as I mentioned earlier, some days are better than others and I can definitely be better about that. But I notice such a significant difference when I do meditate and clear my head. I just feel a sense of clarity and I feel so much better about everything after meditating. It's crazy to think for just a few minutes a day or however long you want to do it, it has that deep of an impact on you and other people. Yeah. And for people that are listening, do not think of jumping into 30 minutes. I mean, it, it, right. really, is that, it really is that five minute time frame that can make a difference. So it's um, start wherever you can. Yes, that's a very good point too. It's just to have clear and realistic expectations. Start with a few minutes and build up to it. Try not to jump in with both feet in the water and try to do 30 minutes on your first try. Very good points there too. So within that same realm as well, another passion that you have then is reading books. So what do you think are the benefits for those who read on a weekly, monthly basis, who actually make a commitment to reading and how that can be connected to being mindful. I think it was uh, P.S. Eliot, I think, who said that reading lets us know that we're not alone. Reading is a good way to know because you're kind of getting into someone else's head. Right. And there was a great um, uh, book review in the Times a few weeks ago. And the author said, and I just love this, She said that when you watch television, 
television washes over you. But when you read, you dive into the book. Right. So that idea that, you know, television can help you, you learn different things, but reading puts you, makes you dive down and you just, it's such a different experience. In, in our house growing up, we'd go to the library, we would come home, you wouldn't hear a sound in the house. Everybody would find their favorite corner. We had four kids. They'd find their favorite corner and everybody would just be reading. Wow. Page after page after page. So it gives you insight. It lets you know that you're not alone. And it helps shape your ability to listen to other people and to hear different points of view. I mean, you yes. definitely can read things that just reinforce your own thought process. But reading to, to get further knowledge to help you articulate your own experience. Because that's the other thing is that a lot of times you'll read something and the writer will record it. Well, and you'll read the words. You're like, oh my gosh, I've had that experience and now they've, they've explained what the experience is. So they give words to an experience that you have that opens you up to, to your own experience overall. It's fascinating. That's very good, too. As much as I love rewatching my favorite shows on Netflix, it's definitely a different experience when you're reading the book because it feels like you are a part of that world. And you bring up a really good point, too. It gives you insider perspective to what is going on in that story or what's the motivation behind the character. And it's almost like an emotional intelligence empathy piece. They try to make you empathize or sympathize with the character and what they're going through, whether they're the hero or the villain. It just gives you a better understanding and to help articulate your thoughts, um, especially when reading books on different topics as well, just to expand your mind as well. And I think there's been studies about um, people who read have a broader emotional intelligence repertoire that they kind of pull from um, because they, you know, if, they, if they're reading the fiction that gives them those insights, the empathy piece increases. Um, so I think there's been some studies on that. Some great comment. Yeah, I, I'm interested now. I want to go on Google and research that more as far as like just studies with reading and people's articulation or emotional intelligence or empathy, depending on fiction or nonfiction and what that looks like. So I'm going to have to Google that later. So <laughs> I'll Very let cool. you know what I find. <laughs> so then also too, are there any current books you're reading right now that you would definitely recommend with the audience, whether they're books that you've read hundreds of times or something brand new? What are you recommending to our network of bookworms? Well, uh, my first one is a weird one. Two, about a year and a half ago, no, it's about two, two years now, um, somebody told me that they did a daily meditation book and um, it's called The Packet Full of Miracles. And um, I started it halfway through the year. Last year, I used it every single day. And at the end of the year, I said to her, I called her up and I said, boy, I really like that book. What, what's another one? Do you, do you use another book for your daily meditation type of thing? And each one is one page. It's not a big deal. Um, and she said, actually, she said, um, I use that for a few years. I just go back and use it again. Um, I'm like, okay, whatever. I guess I'll try that. I have to tell you that April and May, especially, you know, I'm home during the pandemic and I'm reading these pages that I read last year and I'm like, what the heck? I do not remember these messages last year. Huh? It's the, I mean, it's the exact same book. It's on the exact same date. It's June, it's, you know, June 5th, it's May 5th or whatever, but the messages were hitting me completely different that value of reading another book 
They talk about that you never put your toe in the same river. The toe's not the same either. <laughs> right. You know, you read these things and it's just, you're reading it from a different perspective, especially now. Um, so that pocket full of miracles has kind of surprised me. And it takes my breath away that I'll read something and just be like, holy crap, I do not remember that from last year at all. So that's an interesting one. Um, I just finished a fiction book, which I don't read fiction, but if I do, sometimes it's like a historical fiction. This one was on um, the poet Rumi and a, um, a spiritual advisor that had come into his life. I think it's called The 40 Languages of Love. Okay, I I devoured that in about 36 hours. So Whoa. that was interesting. Um, so I don't read a lot of Rumi, um, the, the poet, but I keep getting intrigued by him. So um, I'll be doing more of that. So that was kind of, a, it's kind of interesting to sometimes do a little bit of fiction. Um, and then the other one, here's the problem. I read five nonfiction books at the same time. So I read different chapters as, as we go through. So um, I've got one that's um, designing your work life. It's how to thrive and change and find happiness at work. Because I'm um, always interested in different people's approaches to things. And sure. they've taken the kind of the design concepts and talked to you about um, how you apply it to your life. So I'm kind of... Um, perusing that one for some different ideas. So that's an interesting one. And then this is a reread, Awakening to the Sacred, which I know I sound weird. I get that. But we're going to be hopefully doing a um, rafting trip down the Colorado River in eight weeks. Ooh. And so I'm interested to see some different ideas from the spiritual side of what some of the natives people that are indigenous to that area what they've done to kind of do some of those practices so that just gives you a couple of weird ideas of things that I'm kind of perusing no those are very interesting topics I feel like I wouldn't really explore them as much so I feel like when you recommend a book I'm always curious to check it out and read it um just as we talked about earlier with reading that helps expand your mind so I feel like I wouldn't really touch that topic or that um, title unless you brought that to my attention because I feel like you always find really interesting books and I'm bad about it but I have so many books in like my library queue that I need to like check out and actually get to reading but I'll definitely keep adding more after talking to you about some of those um, topics and titles and whatnot so so two ways that I get um, ideas for books and I definitely have people send me ideas um, if I travel I go into the bookstore um, in the airports, and I find the ones that are good, I make a note of those, and I come back, and I get them out of the library. The second thing that I do is I go to the libraries, and depending on where I am in Columbus, I go into the libraries, and I go to their new book section just to see what they've identified as new books, and then I pull those off, the um, pull them off, and it can be a very eclectic mix that I bring home and then peruse them at some level, maybe a deep dive or maybe at a high level, uh, just to see what's out there. And I find that the Grove City Library does a great job of their new book section. Obviously, the Downtown Library does a great job. Upper Arlington has done a really good job of their new book section. Dublin's done a good job of their new theirs also. So um, depending on where I'm traveling around, I would go into some of those different ones and just look at their new book section. And of course, when I found out they were closing the libraries because of the pandemic, I went crazy. I went running in there and just 
grabbed anything off the shelf I could get at a complete fear. I'm not going to lie, when you said that, this visualization came to my head that you're running in the library with like this big canvas bag, or almost like Santa's toy bag, and you just went up to one of the bookshelves and just piled and shoved everything in there. That was the visualization I got, which is awesome, but I wouldn't be surprised if you did that too. It sounds like <laughs> I have 17 books out from the library right now, so um, wow. yes. Yes, I definitely dove in fast because I heard it on a Friday morning that they were closing them, and by one o'clock in the afternoon, I was there. <laughs> I love that, though. That's what I love about you. It's like, I'm, I'm not surprised by that either, and you're right. It was kind of sad when the library closed down because I thought, give me enough ample time to read, but if you can't go to the library to get the book physically, it's like, you got to check out audiobooks. or I reached out to some friends like, hey, do you actually have physical copies of these books that you could like deliver to me? So I felt like we kind of had to get creative in that way too, when the libraries closed and that whole resource got shut down there for a long time. I was on a WebEx and somebody, and somebody said, they just closed the libraries. I was like, no, they're going to close them. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I was. Right. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for all the book recommendations too. I'm hoping when the audience hear this, um, that'll spark some ideas to check out the library or audiobooks or um, within their network as well of bookworms, as I call them as well. Um, and that's a really good tip you have too, is just to go to the library and check out the new novel section and just see what is there and what they're showcasing. Cause you may never know about that title either. So that's a really yep. good idea to explore new books that way too. So I'm gonna to have to try that next time. Wow. So, yeah. So I feel like we've covered a lot with your um, professional background. So as I want to get the note of personal a little bit more, you juggle a lot of projects um, with Learning Week, Emerging Leader, just everything. That just mentions only a small scale of what programs you have your hands in and all the, amazing things that you do at Ohio Health. So when you have the time to balance your work and your personal life, what do you like to do for fun outside of work then? I definitely read. <laughs> right. <laughs> I definitely read. Um, I work out. Actually, if you look at um, reading, working out, and travel, those are the things that I primarily do. Okay. Um, yeah, my friends accuse me of being too intense. Um, and I, and I can sometimes think that my foot kind of hovers over the accelerator at times. Sure. So I have to be mindful of the fact of taking a little bit of time, but I'm, I'm just, I'm intrigued by things. I'm, I'm curious. I enjoy having conversations with people. Um, we're living in a very interesting time and I'm trying to figure out how to have conversations that open people up to possibility and, and do not divide. Yeah. Um, so I'm really don't, I'm really diving into right now the idea of humble inquiry and how to ask people questions that I'm curious about, but helps them increase their curiosity too. And in such a way that has us um, diving into what we have in common. So, um, it's, it's a very, very interesting time that I try not to get into a judgmental mode, but try to think what's trying to 
what's trying to come through, what's trying to, we're in the great breaking open and what's trying to come through that. Wow. That's beautiful too. The, just the point that you brought up there as well. Um, just thinking about that too, what you just mentioned with COVID and the humble inquiry, it's like asking, asking a great question, but at the same time also engaging that person you're asking the question or to make them more curious. Cause I feel like if a lot of people started leading towards that method, there could be a lot of things that could hopefully just get resolved um, in, in the current state of everything going on. Unfortunately, I feel like if we really are empathetic and sit down and really listen and ask the right questions a lot, could get done. And you really bring up a good point there. And that's definitely something I want to work on more when asking people questions in general is just engage curiosity on both sides, because I feel like most people aren't able to do that. We, we shut down pretty fast when we get into our black and white thinking. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that's what we're seeing now is that there's so much ambiguity that people are realizing that the beliefs that they had are being shook mm-hmm. and they're starting to question why, why, why is that? And does that have to be true anymore? And I think this time has really made people question things that they, they didn't realize that they believed. And now they're, it's, it's that idea like, like I had with the Einstein thing. Do I really want the world to be a place that is a scary place or do I want to believe that, um, it is a friendly universe, and um, it's supporting all of us. And that's what I want to try. That's what I want to believe. That's how I want to live it. Absolutely. Yeah, you hit the nail hard on the head there as well, just with that thinking, too, and that mindset and how you want to perceive it as well, and just asking the right questions and having the curiosity. And I feel like this is a really trying time for people all over the world just to really sit down and reflect on um, their beliefs and kind of absorbing what's going on too, and just reevaluating. But this could be a really beautiful opportunity for a growing process to get out of that lizard brain into the growing mm-hmm. mindset and really make it changes happen all around. So that's that's how I'm remaining hopeful. Is that in the midst of everything sad going on, that these amazing conversations and amazing things will come out of it if we really put in the effort to do so it, it does take everybody and it's it's going to be a long road but I feel like it'll be yeah. a very rewarding journey to get to at the end of the road as well yeah I think so too yeah so um last question for you here too in that same realm as well with everyone that you've worked with whether on the associate level or even at a director level or a higher senior position level what is the characteristic that you think associates and above should always possess at work no matter what they do? You know, the more um, I get into coaching, and I'm working on a second certification for coaching right now, which just has been an an outstanding one. Wow. Um, And I meld the other with what um, they've had also. The two things that you see people is have a vision that empowers them and lifts them. That's the first one. Okay. Because that vision, um, and when they always think of the classic one from Martin Luther King, um, the vision that he had with that great speech is I have a dream. So that was that vision that's pulling you forward. 
Yes. And that vision is the one that helps you connect with other people because it gives you the idea of what, what's possible. And then that vision helps you connect other people to it. And it's not just your vision. Many other people have that idea of a vision of the vision maybe that you have. So that's one. Okay. And, and the other one is the idea of having um, the open heart and an open mind. Yes. The open mind helps you be curious and the open heart, the heart is such a, a strong energy source mm-hmm. and the open heart allows you to make that connection with people through compassion. And the compassion is the piece that allows many more things to open up. So having the vision and the second one is that open heart, open mind. Those things are the, are the, are the power pieces that move possibility forward. Absolutely. Um, Two good points that you bring up there as well. Interesting enough, the few other people that I've talked to on my podcast as well, they have shared the same characteristics as well, either having that vision to help drive the team and the organization or whoever forward with them as well to find that commonality and share that vision. Um, But also the second point too, of having an open mind and an open heart as far as that'll definitely help progress um, and change things for the better as well. And just to be within that realm, a very good listener, um, just be very curious, the humble inquiry. I feel like that all ties in. And I feel like that applies to everyone, no matter what title or position you have within Ohio Health or just in any organization. I feel like if everybody's like that, great things are going to come along that way. Well, you think of the struggles that you that um, I see with my friends, I feel for myself at times with what we're going through. It's not ha- you had a vision of what things were going to be like for 2020. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we talked about 2020 being, you know, great clarity, like, you know, like your vision 2020, but obviously it's been completely derailed. So um, the sand has, has shifted dramatically and people aren't feeling like they're on a solid, solid ground. So that new vision is what helps people get a little bit more solid, but you're also holding it gently because, we're in the midst of change and it's, and we always are, but it just doesn't feel as much as it does now <laughs> for this change piece. So right. that vision, that new vision that people have, what is it that they really want to have? And it looks like people really want to have a place of equality where there's opportunity for everyone is what people seem to be marching about and protesting and saying, this is what we want. And that's not a, <laughs> Equality for all of it, for everybody. That's, that's a powerful piece. Absolutely. And honestly, I couldn't think of a perfect way to end the conversation there as well with what we just talked about as well. So I just want to thank you again for joining me on my podcast. It was a great blessing and honor to talk to you to just pick inside your brain a little bit more and just some of the topics we've talked about as well. So hopefully I'm going to hop off here and go meditate for a few minutes and get back in the swing of things. That's great. Yeah. Thank you. Always remember to be kind to yourself and one another. And remember, if you don't have an invite to the table, make your own. This is Table Talk with Tara. 